Hey y'all, Eve's here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. One from me and one from former host Tracy V. Wilson. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's January 3rd. Lucretia Mott was born on this day in 1793. She was an abolitionist and an advocate for the rights of women. She was born Lucretia Coffin in Nantucket, Massachusetts, and her father was a sea captain. But eventually he decided to leave that line of work because it was incredibly dangerous and meant that he was away from the family for long periods of time. Lucretia's mother had run a small store while her father was away at sea, and once he left that line of work, they all moved to Boston where he became a merchant. Lucretia went to school, she became a teacher, but she saw right away that she was being treated differently because of her sex. She was teaching at the same school where she had studied, and she said, quote, I learned at school that their education costs the same as that of men, while they receive as teachers but half the salary. While teaching, though, she met a man named James Mott, and they got married on April 10th of 1811. They were extremely well-matched. They had very similar beliefs related to things like the abolition of slavery and equal rights for women, and they also loved each other very deeply. They would go on to have six children together, although one son died in early childhood. Lucretia Mott joined the American Anti-Slavery Society in the 1830s, and she saw more disparities in how she was treated because of her sex. She was a Quaker and a Quaker minister. She had been encouraged to take a leadership role in her congregation, but she discovered that in other congregations and other denominations, the idea of a woman minister just was radical and sometimes unacceptable. And even within the Anti-Slavery Society, the idea of a woman who had such direct and vocal advocacy was raising some eyebrows. However, though, she did not give up in the face of all this. She spoke, she rallied, she campaigned for abolition. She also used her physical presence as a white woman to try to protect the people of color who were also part of this work. As one example, during an event at the newly opened Pennsylvania Hall, a mob of anti-abolitionists gathered outside while they were meeting. And when they were leaving, Mott instructed the other white women there to all link up arms with the Black women to help keep them safe. They were a lot safer as white women than the women of color who were with them. And they knew this. And so she was willing to use her own body basically as a shield. In 1840, she attended the World Anti-Slavery Convention, where she and other women in attendance were denied admission because of their sex. They were ultimately allowed to attend the convention, but they had to sit in a special area, and they were only allowed to observe, not to actually participate. During this convention, Lucretia Mott met Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who was there on her honeymoon, and the two of them decided to organize an event for the cause of women's rights after they got back to the United States. That event was the Seneca Falls Convention, held in 1848. 
Lucretia Mott continued on doing all kinds of advocacy for pretty much her whole life. She became the first president of the American Equal Rights Association when it formed in 1866 to fight for universal suffrage. She withdrew from that organization, though, when her colleagues wanted to prioritize voting rights for women over voting rights for the people of African descent. She later became the president of the Philadelphia Female Anti-Slavery Society. Mott developed pneumonia in 1880, and she died on November 11th of that year at the age of 87. You can learn a lot more about her and her work in the August 15th, 2018 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can tune in tomorrow for a very controversial execution. Hey, y'all, it's Eves. If you've been listening to the show, then you know that I'm at home for the holidays getting some much-needed rest and relaxation. But I'm still bringing you another episode of This Day in History class, so let's get into the show. The day was January 3rd, 1848. Black American merchant Joseph Jenkins Roberts was sworn into office as the first president of Liberia. Roberts was born a free Black man in Norfolk, Virginia in 1809. His father was likely a white planter, and his mother was Amelia Roberts, a woman of mixed race. Roberts grew up reading books that were in the private library of William Colson, a Black barber whom he apprenticed under. Less than a decade after Roberts was born, the American Colonization Society, or ACS, was established. Black and non-Black Americans supported the immigration of Black Americans to Africa for various reasons. Some people believed they would live safer and happier lives there, free from racial discrimination. Others just wanted Black people out of the country or wanted Black Americans to Christianize Africa. The mission of the American Colonization Society was to send free Black Americans to Africa. Considering the different reasons people supported colonization and the fact that it often made Black folks' lives worse, many people opposed colonization and the ACS. By the 1830s, many abolitionists and Black leaders were denouncing colonization and the ACS for supporting the institution of slavery. But some Black people still supported colonization, and the ACS was still sending ships full of Black immigrants to Africa throughout the early 1800s. The society set about finding a good location for its colony in West Africa. It sent people to Charborough Island in Sierra Leone, where many died because of the island's conditions. The ACS then moved its efforts north to Cape Mesirado. Local tribal leaders resisted colonization, but the survivors from Scarborough Island and other people from the U.S. began arriving at Cape Maseradu. In 1824, the colony was dubbed Liberia, with its capital at Monrovia after U.S. President James Monroe. Despite Liberia's early struggles with tribal leaders and with governing authorities, slave states encouraged the formation of more colonization societies. These societies founded their own colonies in Liberia for formerly enslaved and free Black people. In 1829, Roberts left Virginia for Africa aboard the Harriet with his mother, wife, child, and four siblings. 
He and his business partner, Colson, planned on exporting timber, animal hides, and other products to North America in exchange for U.S. goods as well as new immigrants. His wife and child died not long after they reached Africa. But Roberts did become a successful merchant. He got land to raise cash crops, paid for his brother to go to medical school in the U.S., and married another woman. Soon, he was recognized as a member of the Upper Crust. He became high sheriff of the colony, collecting taxes from indigenous people. By 1839, he was appointed vice governor. And in 1841, he became the first Black American governor of Liberia. Commerce in Liberia was becoming increasingly lucrative, but Liberia had a hard time protecting its interests as foreign traders encroached on its territory. Roberts and other colonial leaders sought the recognition of Liberian sovereignty. And in October of 1846, the colonial legislature called for a referendum on independence from the ACS. Colonists voted in favor of independence, choosing to cut ties with the ACS and convene a constitutional convention. Liberia was declared an independent republic in July of 1847, and Roberts won the first presidential election. He was inaugurated on January 3, 1848. As president, Roberts sought recognition of Liberian sovereignty from other nations. Much of Europe, Haiti, Brazil, and the U.S. eventually recognized the new republic. Under his presidency, Liberia expanded its territory, but friction remained between Americo-Liberians, as they were known, and indigenous peoples. Roberts was re-elected three times and served eight years in office. He returned to the office in 1872, serving four more years as president. Roberts died in 1876, leaving much of his estate to the Liberian education system. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any notes that you want to send us, you can do so at thisday at iheartmedia.com if you want to email us. And if you'd rather leave us a message on social media, you can do that on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.